Welcome back to the Maui Noko Oi Magazine and Silver Shark Media Podcast. I'm Jason Evans of Silver Shark Media. As always, we thank you for tuning in today and encourage you to subscribe and download to the podcast series. I'd like to welcome my next guest today, Chef Mijin Kang Taride of Lineage, which is located in Wailea. Chef, thanks so much for taking the time to chat today. Awesome. Thank you for having me. Of course. Great. I'm super excited. We are as well to learn a little bit more about you and your background. So before we get into Lineage, um, which is currently open for dine-in and takeout, I'd like to start a little bit with your background. So where did you grow up and who were some of your early culinary influences? Um, I was born and raised in Guam, which is an island in the South Pacific. I pretty much lived there my entire life until I was 18 and I moved to the mainland for college. I pretty much grew up with my grandmother cooking for me my entire life. And I would go to Korea every summer. And in the summer, I had this one aunt that I stayed with who is pretty much the inspiration to a lot of my cooking right now. Nice. And so, um, yeah, she has been, I don't know how to say it. I don't know how else to put it, but kind of like a, a pillar in the sense where I always know who to go to when I have questions about certain items or certain foods or ingredients or, uh, or recipes or just anything for that matter, I just kind of talk to her about it. And um, yeah, I get a little bit more clearance in, in, with my mind and my vision and how I'm going to go in that, in that uh, culinary route. So, Do you remember some of your favorite things that she used to make when you were growing up? There's one thing that I just always ask her to make me no matter what is she makes these uh, cold kimchi somen noodles. Mm. She also makes her kimchi from scratch and she kind of makes it differently than most people. And so um, it was always a very unique flavor. And so when she combines that with the noodles and her sauce and like all the things together, and I always go in the summer, so it's always hot. Yeah. And so it's just a perfect, perfect dish that always soothes the soul, feeds the heart, and just it, it really always kicks off the summer for me personally. So awesome. Sounds like the ultimate comfort yeah. food. Yeah. So at what point did you realize you wanted to pursue a career in the culinary industry? I originally went to college to be an accountant and I realized how much I could, I just, I'm not capable of sitting down for a long period of time. Mm -hmm. And so obviously that was just kind of X'd out of my life and I wanted to get out of school as quick as possible. So I ended up going into the hospitality industry program. Because at, at that time at my school, it was kind of known to be a program to kind of get you out of there a little quicker. Yeah. However, I fell in love with it. By the time I graduated, I didn't really know what I wanted to do exactly with my life. And I didn't want to, I guess, be an adult yet. And I also just had a lot of things um, that I wanted to pursue other than school. But I wanted to figure out how to defer my loans and just all these little things and figuring out. And so I just applied for culinary school with yeah. two friends. I got accepted to a very, very small program. I was very fortunate enough and I went and I fell in love with it. Two weeks in, I was just super, super absorbed and everything was very intriguing more than anything else. And since then, I've just been cooking and now I'm here. <laughs> Awesome. Well, I think it's a good lesson, especially for, you know, the college students or people coming up that um, it's never too late to kind of, if, if you're not feeling in the groove of something you're studying, there may be other options out there for you. And I, I can't think of many that are too different than accounting um, with a nine to five desk job and, and the culinary world, which is flush with creativity and 
food. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. So, so what were some of your first jobs in the culinary world? What were some of your, your first experiences in the, in the workforce? Uh, when I was in school, I was just kind of doing special events and working at the school restaurant. But immediately when I graduated, my, the first restaurant I worked at was at Terra in St. Helena. Mm-hmm. Uh, which is in a, which is in Napa Valley, and that restaurant pretty much is most of the foundation that I know. I still look back at everything I learned there, and then I did a year there, and then I helped open Morimoto Napa. Yep. And then moved on to wanted to kind of go into the city, so I went into San Francisco and worked for um, the sister restaurant for Terra, which was Ame. Yeah, and then I um, I had an opportunity to move out to Hawaii for a job and everything was going to be paid for. So my boyfriend or husband now and boyfriend at the time, uh, we both had job offers and we were like, let's just go. So that's kind of how we ended up out here. But yeah, that was kind of my route, a little bit in the Bay Area and then Hawaii now. Yeah, well, certainly some heavy hitters when you mention those restaurants and, you know, whether it be Morimoto, whether it be the St. Regis. So what did you take from those experiences that you still utilize today in your career? I mean, a lot of things. There are so many things that I could even just for for instance, my first job, Chef Hero uh, from Terra. He was a very frugal chef. And if I had not worked with him then I probably wouldn't know how to uh, have a business mindset when it comes to running a restaurant. Right. Um, at Morimoto Napa, it was super fast-paced, super big scale, and it was just a lot more numbers, but very intricate food. Mm-hmm. And so that was a different, a totally different lesson where that, oh, we can, you can do this in a bigger scale. You just need a lot of manpower. Just learning different scenes. Yeah, and, and using that to apply to where I am now, because I'm in I'm in a mid-sized restaurant at Lineage. I mean, we we try to do rustic but intricate and but very comforting food at all at the same time. And so, uh, a lot of those things that I've learned in the past, especially in Napa specifically, like they definitely channel a lot through me right now. So you first joined Lineage in August of 2019. Lineage was started by well-known Maui chef Sheldon Simeon. So what was it like for you initially working alongside Sheldon? Working alongside Sheldon was was really good. I learned a lot of things that I probably wouldn't have known about him if I didn't work with him. And so in that sense, learning um, his the reason why he opened Lineage, the reason why uh, Lineage even exists and it being an homage to his father and his childhood, a lot of that really helped me translate how I kind of create the menu right now. Mm-hmm. Um, because ultimately it, it was to channel your own lineage, you know? Mm. And so that's kind of how I took it. And I learned in that sense that the thing about Sheldon is he's so like, you got to cook with your heart. You got to cook with your, you know, your soul. And I really appreciate that about him. And I learned that from him, you know? And being in this restaurant, you feel a lot of that. Yeah. And so that's one of the biggest takeaways that I had getting to know Chef Sheldon and being able to transition into this place. Sheldon stepped aside in, in early February. So I, I have to imagine 2020 really is an interesting year for you in particular. At first, it starts off so exciting and, and incredibly exciting. So I'd like to kind of break this down into two phases. So before the pandemic set in, you st- begin to take over lineage. What was that feeling like for you and the excitement of the opportunity ahead when you first learned you'd be taking over? I would say every transition is never easy. And especially when the transition is from somebody like Chef Sheldon to myself. 
right. and um, be, because he has such a you know a, a lot of respect within the community and such a big um, name already within the islands and within the nation actually sure and so you know it's it's a big shoe to fill so I'm not gonna lie it was it, it could have it was overwhelming and there were times when I did think that oh okay well is this the you know is this the right route for me mm-hmm. you know but with this whole COVID thing happening and us having a break, it kind of gave me um, an opportunity to reopen it with a concept that was totally myself, mm-hmm. you know, so that um, in that sense, that's kind of how, like, I feel like um, it was able, to, I was able to find a little bit more confidence yeah, and feel a little bit less overwhelmed by me having to represent Chef Sheldon, you know, yeah. and not that I didn't want to, it, uh, I, I would have, totally till the end um, i think it's just it's harder to we spoke with the, the new owners of mala ocean tavern a couple of weeks ago or maybe last month and they, they talked about the challenge of taking over from mark elman where you again you have this nationwide known chef and they talked about the first month they didn't even change a thing and they were getting feedback of well this wasn't how mark had it and it really wasn't a challenge for them to kind of make it their own and keep the, mm-hmm. you know, integrity of, of the restaurant that people love. So I, I have to imagine, mm-hmm. as you said, that's kind of a, a tight line to walk for you to, to put your own imprint on these menus while still holding, you know, what the restaurant is. And especially because Lineage was such a huge anticipated opening. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, with Chef Sheldon being, you know, the face of it, it being one of his, it was and going to be his flagship restaurant so i think that was a bigger deal and um yeah it was it was a lot but i'm very grateful you know i can't sure yeah i'm in a very very good spot right now super grateful for the opportunity i i reach out to chef sheldon anytime i need to or want to for advice and he's super super willing and always there to you know share his knowledge or whatever it is yeah from a creative standpoint then what you kind of touched on a little bit, but what is your approach when you look to design a menu like the one at Lineage? This specific menu was more for like what was necessary for Wailea, I would say, because Wailea doesn't really have a solid ethnic style restaurant. So they, we don't, you know, they have a Japanese restaurant, which is Morimoto, mm-hmm. you know, but everything else is kind of like Hawaiian Pacific or like island cuisine or, you know, there's Italian and all that, but there was really no Chinese or no Korean restaurant. And I just feel like Wailea, the community is very specific and um, we, I, I wanted to cater to them. And so, and I wanted to cater to the locals too, because I feel like with a menu that's a little bit more approachable for all ages and all clientele, mm-hmm. I just thought that that was just a route I needed to go. And it was something I wanted to do. I wanted to cook Korean food. I love Chinese food. I, I just figured why not? Like, and why not try? Because right now with this pandemic, yeah. it's like everything's a loss. So there's really no loss. Yeah, you can certainly try yeah. to put some things out there and see what what maybe catches on in the meantime. So with, with the mm-hmm. pandemic itself, I mean, you, you kind of take over in February and then a, a month later, the world changes a bit. At what point did you first start to see the impact that this pandemic was going to have on restaurants and, and really on tourism in general? Ironically, I was actually in Los Angeles, like March 13th, mm-hmm. and everything started closing down in Maui. Like things were closing down in Hawaii. People were closing down in LA and I was freaking out. Um, it happened so quick. Overnight. So it I, felt overnight almost. It, it, it was overnight because I came back on the 17th. I was supposed to be back on the 18th 
but I came back on the 17th on St. Patrick's Day and immediately we had to close our doors and the next day we had to just run for takeout and have a takeout menu and like all of a sudden adjust to all these a brand new norm and like lose everything almost overnight like you said yeah I mean with a restaurant being empty and then people being scared to go out to eat Mm-hmm. And then people are buying all this stuff, so they're not going to be going out for a while, you know, right. so that's kind of, well, what, yeah. What were some of, you know, the, the early restaurant sort of rules and regulations that were put in place? You know, they were changing by the day as, as everything was changing by the day across the board. So what were some of the early adaptations? You mentioned, you know, shifting completely to takeout, but some of the early adaptations that you had to make with the restaurant to, to even consider, you know, reopening it in any sense. Right after we closed our doors, we opened for takeout for maybe about eight days. And after that, we were actually, we actually had to close completely just because it didn't make sense for us. And then sure. um, maybe about four months, four months into it, we decided like, let's just open. Let's just try to open. Let's do our part and let's figure out what we can do, do our homework and do everything we can do in our power to keep it safe for our patrons. Like that's all that matters. And so that's kind of like literally it's a day by day situation. Every day we're trying to figure out is the quarantine going to get pushed back? Yeah. Is, you know, um, are the hotels going to open? Are the inner island flights going to open up? Like all these things are just such a variable on a day to day that it, it's hard. But in the very beginning, we just thought about every scenario, every possible scenario. We had our, we would just put it out on the table to our servers and our cooks and be like, if you were a person, if you were out there being paranoid or whatever, whatnot, like, how would you feel? What are the things that you would be looking out for? So we just put, you know, we just try to get inputs from everyone and try to see how the average person would think if they went out to eat Yeah. <laughs> and try to apply all of those like paranoias or thoughts or opinions and make sure that people don't feel that in this space. Well, you guys have, have so. started dining again, I'm, uh, obviously at a limited capacity, but e- even with the you know lesser capacity numbers that you're allowed to have in has it brought back some sense of you know a feeling of normalcy or is it still kind of you know we'll see how this month goes next month goes with with the experience itself uh i i definitely think there's uh normalcy has is in here when um there when service is happening uh especially on the weekends it's pretty lively We have a good amount of separation through all the tables. Everything is very, very well spaced out, six feet plus. We did lose about 40% of our seating. However, you know, we we fill them and people, people are grateful because we can provide something that they feel like is normal for them. It's been really good, actually. Every day people have been coming back. People are returning. As people slowly get back in kind of the groove of dining out a bit more, Lineage has hosted some creative events to kind of enhance that experience. You guys just had one last Thursday. So tell me, what was that like? And do you see potential for more of these dining events in the future? Absolutely. I, I do. I definitely see a future for a lot, a lot of events, like a lot of these smaller events more and more, because I think it's harder to gather bigger groups. And so um, Eat, Think, Drink was actually a virtual kind of um, support event. And there were, I believe, seven or eight people in the panel. Chef Leanne Wong was one of them. And um, it was pretty much talking about running a business during the pandemic. 
yeah. and how we can better support each other um, through doing takeout or through doing events like this where pre-orders are happening or, you know, where we are pretty much having to support each other just to survive, you know? What do you think the restaurant industry looks like over the next six to 12 months? Uh, wow. Um, that's a, it's a loaded question. You know, <laughs> yeah, you know, that is, um, I don't know. It's, you know, I, I, I'm genuinely scared myself. You know, I do think that we have to be very flexible no matter what. You never know what's going to happen. So just having to be flexible in every sense possible in the next six to 12 months. I mean, in the next six months, I don't, I think that it's going to be a little slower. Mm-hmm. Maybe in the next 12 months, if, you know, we can get our lives together and be all be responsible, then I definitely do think that it will come back to at least a 75% to where we were and hopefully the economy can come back and hopefully the restaurant scene. Cause to, I mean, people come out here not only to enjoy the beaches, but they also got to eat. So absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. And so a lot of times people don't realize that all these small mom and pop food businesses, as well as the big food business, um, corporate food restaurants and all that, like they all play a huge part in tourism. So absolutely. Well, shifting away from pandemic chatter, we'll get into more restaurant business topics. So as a chef, what advice would you give to up and coming chefs who have goals to maybe run a restaurant one day like Lineage? What I would like to say for a lot of the younger or not younger even, but just for anybody who wants to run a restaurant or run an establishment is really to be humble and to appreciate everybody around you and that everybody can help and anybody can help in any shape or form and you can learn from anyone that's that's like all i really want to say because i i walk into my kitchen every day and i learn from my cooks i learn from my dishwashers i learn from my servers like they're to me like we are all one one entity you know like i i just have a title that they don't but we all have things that we could teach each other and that's just kind of how i want to see it or how I want to say it to anybody is to really humble yourself. I don't know. I just think that running a restaurant, it's a team effort. Like I definitely could not be doing this by myself. Sure. <laughs> what about you? You mentioned how much you picked up at Terra in terms of learning about the economics of running a restaurant um, and mm-hmm. the cost. How important is that? Because you, you do have a lot of people that have great ideas and can design great menus, but you have to have the total package in doing this and know the the economic side behind it. So how important is it for chefs to kind of to know the economic side to the food industry along with the creative side? It's super important. I think the economic side, I mean, the creative side, obviously, because, you know, that that is something that we are kind of wanting to do. And that's why we are chefs. But the economic side, I think a lot of people sometimes ignore. However, it is super, super important. Um, Knowing how much knowing anything or the dollar value of anything that is going out or coming in, uh, I think puts you in a mindset where you are not only successful creatively, but as a business as well. If I can use this as an example, I ran a food truck a year, a year or two ago, Mm -hmm. and it was a very chef driven food truck. Like my husband and I, we wanted to make it like all chef, chef style. Like we didn't want to standardize recipes. We wanted to do creative stuff. Mm-hmm. we didn't really care for the economic aspect of it. So at the end, like we didn't make anything, right? you know? And so it's very important for it to go hand in hand. You know, sometimes you need to understand that, you know, you, you can be as creative as you want, but to, for you to get to that point, sometimes sacrifices have to be made and you need to understand that the economic 
has to match up to that, you know. So it's very important skill to learn. And I think a lot of people should just actually take classes on the side of just food costing or whatever, whatnot, um, and practice it on a daily because it's, it's very easy to forget. So yeah. I think it's, it's great advice. So what is your favorite thing on your current lineage menu that you have? <laughs> I, um, I really, really like our crispy noodle with the Lapa Al mushroom gravy. Yeah, so it's kind of a take on uh, crispy lo mein or cake noodle. And uh, we do a like a very, very rich mushroom gravy in-house. And we use local mushrooms, pretty much loaded with vegetables. It's a vegan item. Mm-hmm. Um, however, it's you won't even, you can't even tell it's vegan. So that's one of my favorite items just because it has a lot of texture to it. Uh, and it offers crispy. And then, it, you know, with the sauce, it gets soggy and just a lot of goodness in that dish. Well, if people listening want that dish or any of the other dishes um, at Lineage, how can they find out more information um, both about your dine-in options, your takeout options, and just you and, and the restaurant itself? Definitely social media. We have a Facebook page. We also have Instagram. Um, we are at the Shops of Wailea, and we are open from 4 to 8 on the weekdays and 4 to 9 on the weekends, and we have happy hour now, so we are pretty much available for you to join us anytime. Awesome. Yeah. And that's, you know, a great way is social media. We try to post every day on what is going on specials on Mondays. We do meal kits. So we post it on Thursdays so that people can order for Monday. Um, Yeah. We're just doing as much as possible to, to reach out to the community and to kind of just keep communicating with them. Perfect. Well, Mijin, thank you so much for taking the time to chat today. I, I really appreciate the insight um, learning more about your story and, and learning how you guys have adapted to continue to stay open and, like you said, continue to serve the community. Thank you so much, Jason, and appreciate your time.